Happy Friday, everybody. What's going on? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. I am podcasting straight from the parking lot of Atticus's jiu-jitsu class. <laughs> so uh, it still kind of, uh, kind of amazes me that we have this kind of tech that we can do this sort of thing uh, from pretty much everywhere. So I am literally sitting in the driver's seat of the cardboard mobile, which is uh, what I call our minivan because I use it to uh, pick up collections of baseball cards from time to time. Uh, looking out the window at the rush hour traffic go by and uh, it's almost sunset and uh, after Atticus is out of class, we're going to go back home and as a family, we're going to enjoy some Pop John's pizza while watching episode three of The Mandalorian. And uh, so, yeah, we have a great uh, great way to kick off the, the weekend here, I guess. But uh, you know, enough of that. So as far as baseball cards go, something that's kind of interesting to me that's, uh, that's been released recently, was a 2019 Panini Flawless. I wanted to talk about that for a little bit because there've been a few interesting things on the forums and in the Facebook groups that talk about, uh, that talk about Flawless. So first of all, let me tell you the first thing that kind of really hooked me. Uh, somebody posted a picture and I'll talk about a couple of them actually. Um, the first picture was of uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. It was 2019 Panini Flawless Bat Barrel of Shoeless Joe Jackson. Oh, man. I would love to have something like that. But, uh, I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to pay thousands of dollars for you know for that. I actually ran a poll, interestingly enough, um, uh, earlier this week as to asking people what they would rather have. Would they rather have a playing career authentic vintage baseball card of a hall of famer or a new cut autograph uh, newly created cut autograph card of that same player and the answer was overwhelmingly they wanted the vintage card uh i'm in that camp also like for me personally if i see a i'll, I'll just give you an example like let's say a uh, 1919 w514 Sheila joe jackson same year that uh, was from the Black Sox scandal. I put it up next to a 2019 Panini Flawless Shoeless Joe Jackson bat barrel. Uh, for me personally, I would rather the W514. Um, I have a feeling that it's possible that the bat barrel might be more expensive. I just don't know though. I mean, I, I seriously don't have a clue what that would go for. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful card. It's got a... Uh, nice classy white design like all of the flawless and national treasures and immaculate cards have um and for me personally i mean i think they do a good job it just for me they personally look kind of very similar from year to year uh and i know that Panini's doing what they can within the uh the boundaries that they have as far as you know not having a license and everything go but um uh you know i would love to kind of see them do something like wildly different in 2020 for all three of those brands. Um, sometimes they can look similar to each other and you know, they get lost from year to year. But uh, anyway, so for the bat barrels though, they have this uh, beautiful etched blue holofoil that accents everything. And it's just, it's beautiful. They're, they're great looking cards. Um, and so Another picture, a picture I just actually shared earlier today, I believe it was, uh, that Panini had, had uh, sent out. I think it was from Blowout Cards. There are these cleat cards that they have. And so, like, there's, like, an Albert Pujols that has, like, maybe a, a spike that's sticking up. And it's numbered out of 17. So, you know, for me personally, I would, I would imagine that these would 
you know, would be like one of one cards, but no, they're <laughs> out of 17 out of 10. And, you know, I don't know about any of the others, but uh, there's a lot of them in the product. So I thought that would be kind of a fun card to add, a uh, type of card to add to my collection. I, you know, if Canseco has one that's numbered out of 10 or 15 or something like that, surely I would, I would pick it, pick one up. Um, but anyway, so to go back to the, uh, the Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, this is kind of interesting to me, guys, because uh, on the boards and on the Facebook groups and on social media, there was a lot of chatter um, about this card in particular. A lot of people don't believe that the barrel is authentic. It's an authentic game use card, uh, uh, game use bat. So I started doing a little bit of reading. I, I didn't do a whole lot of research into this. But I do know that Panini has been under fire uh, many times over the, over the past several years uh, with uh, questionable uh, relics in their cards. And one of them that sticks out to me is there was this uh, quad football uh, card. It was like a one of one, I think. And it had, if I remember correctly, like four uh, older and more recent uh, quarterbacks and one of the, uh, they had prime patches on them. One of them was a uh, uh, Mitchell and Ness uh, tag. And, you know, it looked like a beautiful card. The problem was, was somebody said, well, ah, wait a second here. Uh, they didn't use this type of a jersey when this guy was playing or something. Or maybe they never used this type. It was, uh, it was kind of a, you know, whoops uh, situation. So... Uh, I don't think Panini said anything for a while. And then they finally did. They finally came out and said, yeah, we're sorry. We were actually, we what we meant to say on the back of the card was this isn't game worn. This is actually player worn. It's like, oh, okay. So maybe they weren't trying to defraud people. Maybe it was just like a, um, simply just a, a, a writing mistake on the back of the card. Uh, I think it's happened in the past before. There's another football card that, uh, you know, the patch showed like stitching that wasn't uh, used in actually game used jerseys. So there have been things like that. And also I think there was a, uh, a picture of Mark Ingram, if I remember correctly. I think he was a football player. Uh, and I believe it was at a Topps uh, signing uh, where it shows him with like, it looks like 20 or 30 jerseys that he's wearing at the same time. And so it's almost with him like sticking his thumbs up in the air. And uh, it, it almost looks like, uh, you know, maybe he was wearing those to uh, for the jerseys to be cut up to be player worn card, uh, player worn jerseys in these cards. And uh, so that's kind of the big question that a lot of people have is like, are these cards uh, actually. Uh, game used? Are they player worn? What does player worn mean? Does it mean that they put on 20 jerseys at one time and uh, and took them off right afterwards or something? And uh, was this in like some back alley or, you know, what was this? And, and if it's game used, like what kind of game are we talking about here? Was this a golf game that they used to that? Um, you know, so uh, if you read the backs of the cards, um, you know, Topps does a really good job of saying, uh, you know, trying to cover all their bases legally. I, I think it says something like the relic contained in this card is not from any specific event, game, or season or something like that. So, of course, that that leaves uh, a lot of uh, things open to interpretation there. Uh, again, 
what kind of game, what kind of season, what kind of event. Um, and a lot of times also, if I remember correctly, they'll even have something at the top that gets a little more specific. Like for instance, um, you know, this is game used or this piece was, this game used piece was taken uh, from so-and-so's jersey or something. So I think they do that sometimes still. And other times they literally say, this is player worn. Uh, and, you know, obviously I know, I know Leaf does this with a lot of uh, um, uh, the younger kids uh, prospects cards where there's just some like jaw dropping patches. They look beautiful. But it's like, well, wait a second, they haven't even played yet, you know, and well, it turns out they're player worn. Uh, in fact, whenever I went to Kinseiko's house, I didn't just have him sign things. I had him, him wear a number of uh, jerseys so that way I myself could create my own custom cards for my own collection with player worn jerseys and patches. Uh, I did that on purpose because uh, I figured, hey, look, if the card companies are doing it, why can't I? <laughs> I mean, it's just for my collection anyways. Uh, so... Yeah, I thought that was uh, something that was fun for me to be able to do. Plus, uh, for the releases, the actual real baseball cards, quote-unquote, uh, Canseco just doesn't have any really good licensed patch material for you know most of the teams that he played on. So it, it made sense for me. Now, uh, as I'm starting to think about this, though, like, for instance, uh, in 2019, Panini Flawless, there are some Canseco uh, uh, cards that are, that are dropping, and uh, they actually have uh, gold jersey pieces, um, which is interesting because we've never seen gold a gold jersey uh, in a baseball card for Canseco before. That was actually like a full you know gold jersey or anything. Like if it's a little pe- uh, little patch piece that's gold from a white or gray jersey, that's one thing. But a solid gold jersey like what Panini is using uh, is actually very interesting. Maybe a little concerning too, because <laughs> uh, gosh, guys, I've I've not run into an authentic uh, game used jersey of Canseco uh, this whole time that I've been collecting. Really, uh, you know, e- even when I was a super collector, so it always concerns me a little bit uh, if uh, something like that pops up. It makes me wonder if it is actually game worn uh, or if it's player worn, and it makes me think uh, to myself also if it's from like a real card and it's of Canseco and they start saying they're player worn material uh, cards I wonder how I personally am going to view that because it's like well shoot I've got a closet of player worn stuff Uh, do I really want to dive into uh, real cards that actually have player worn um, pieces for Canseco also I think the answer is yes, <laughs> because I just love baseball cards so much. I really think the answer is yes, but I would be really let down, and I, I think I would probably not be willing to pay as much as, as opposed to uh, or compared to the game used uh, baseball cards. So the uh, the gold jersey and the Panini products they they do kind of concern me. I do seem to remember there was a gold jersey that claimed it was game used uh, a few years ago perhaps I'm actually gonna have to look this up and maybe you know do some investigative work here on this so maybe that's where they got it but you know I think for me personally there's a reason why I stayed away from it <laughs> um, so that that kind of caused me a little a little bit of concern there so um, all that to say I mean I really think that panini would be very well served along with tops and leaf 
if they came out with a database that actually shows, uh, you know, like some sort of a certificate number that you could look up uh, on their website or something that actually shows, hey, here's the jersey that this is taken from. They don't have to take a picture of the jersey like they used to back in the mid 2000s and say, you know, this piece is from this jersey. I understand that's wildly tedious. Um, and, you know, for the most part, even though it's something that is like, you know, wildly craved by all collectors, it's just not necessary because we're still going to buy. Um, but it sure would be very helpful if they could have at least some sort of database that we can, you know, look up a number off of and, and pull up the picture of the jersey and, you know, the, the certificate of authenticity. Uh, you know, going back to that Shoeless Joe Jackson bat barrel, some people are like, uh, guys, this doesn't smell right because uh, there's only like five or six of these known, bats known in existence. And last one went for half a million dollars. Did Panini really get a uh, one of those bats and pay half a million dollars and cut it up or whatever? Um, you know, I, I'm just not sure. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't have any idea one way or the other. I tend to think I tend to side probably with Panini because I I don't think that they're a criminal company and I don't think they would be that negligent, especially uh, understanding how savvy the internet is. Uh, you know the the and their customers. There are going to be people uh, out there that are going to expose what anybody does like crazy because of uh, uh, all the technology that's available, all the searching capability. Like you. You're, you're always going to leave footprints all online. And I remember even uh, being able to take a look at some of my Bat Barrel and Bat Knob Canseco cards uh, years ago, doing a search and actually pinpointing uh, the actual bat, the honest to goodness bat that Topps purchased or Panini purchased and cut up or whatever. And I was able to see when it sold, how much they bought it for and so on and so forth. And it's kind of fun. It's was, it was fun to do a little sleuthing like that, a little... Uh, to try to figure out some of that stuff a little bit uh, that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, when you think about it, I mean, Tops, Panini, Leaf, they're just buyers like us. You know, if it's not us that's going to buy a game used bat to display on our wall, it might be them to cut up and put into the cards. And I don't have a problem with uh, them cutting up bats and that sort of thing. I mean, I probably have a little more of a problem if they're, if they actually, you know, are doing it with the Shoeless Joe Jackson bat. Um, to an extent. On the other hand, if I'm the buyer of the Shield Show Jackson Bat Barrel card, guess what? I'm super excited and majorly ecstatic that they actually did something like that because otherwise I wouldn't have a Shield Show Jackson uh, uh, Bat Barrel nameplate card uh, in my collection. And again, I do not. I'm just saying if I were the buyer of that card, that would be pretty amazing uh, to have. So I can understand. The, uh, the rest of the world is upset at Panini for having uh, uh, cut it up. But the one person that owns it is like probably super thankful. And not just that that barrel, but like, you know, obviously hundreds of Sheila Show Jackson bat cards will be able to come out of it as well. So all of us will be able to possibly have, if we if we are buyers, we'll be able to have a little piece of history, uh, something that Sheila Show Jackson used. And it's kind of fun to think that uh, about Sheila Show Jackson and his story. Um, and also the the fact that Babe Ruth, the number one uh, most well-known baseball player in in history, even maybe all of sports, perhaps, uh, you know, Babe Ruth actually modeled his swing off of Shoeless Joe Jackson, which I think is pretty amazing to me. 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the next couple weeks or couple months if there's something to uncover. Mark my words, somebody's going to uncover it, and it's going to happen. Uh, and we will see how Panini responds. Uh, my position is, I probably tend to think that it is a bat that they uh, that it is authentic. Um, I don't think that they just took some store mile bat and were bamboozled somehow or whatever. Uh, but the key also here is to look at the back of the card. And I think that uh, what the uh, what the verbiage on the Shoeless Joe Jackson card says uh, is that this bat was used in, in a, some sort of like a barnstorming uh, game or something like that. So, you know, back then, look, we're talking, you know, early 1900s perhaps or or maybe barnstorming meant after he was uh, kicked out of baseball and, and who knows, maybe it was uh, an event that happened in the 30s or 40s or something, you know, like decades after he was uh playing in the majors i just don't know i don't i don't have the history of that but if that's the case then you know hey look maybe uh uh you know maybe it isn't necessarily a game used bat that's worth five hundred thousand dollars on you know not cut up or whatever maybe he used a dozen or two dozen or three dozen bats outside of his major league baseball career um you know playing some pickup game for somebody else or whatever i just don't know um, it does say Jackson, so they they had branded bats uh, out there for him. So you know, I don't know. I, and again, that's one of the things I think would be fantastic if the card companies could give us some sort of provenance as to what these pieces are from. And uh, you know, to to speak to that uh, as well, well, let's go back a, a year or two whenever uh, Panini signed that license with uh, with Mickey Mantle's uh, family. Uh, so as you probably know. Tops doesn't make any more Mickey Mantle cards uh, right now anyways because Panini has a, an exclusive license for Mickey Mantle cards, if I recall correctly. Um, I don't know in what capacity, if it means all cards or all patch cards or, or whatever. I just don't know. But anyways, in any event, Panini uh, signs this contract with the, with their family or something. And, uh, and I remember a video talking about how like Mickey Mantle's like grandkids or kids or something like that, they had all kinds of stuff. Uh, from his closet or something. I mean, we're talking jerseys, uh, cleats, hats, pants, everything is like so cool. Um, and maybe even gloves. Um, now here's, here's the thing though. Uh, they weren't game used, uh, but they were actually used during a training camp, if I remember correctly, from Mickey Mantle in the 1980s. So you think about Mantle, he, his career spanned, I believe, 1951 to 1969 or similar. So uh, if you have a piece of bat or jersey uh, from that time period when he was playing in a Major League Baseball game, that's one thing. Now, uh, think about having a Mickey Mantle card with a relic that's from some baseball camp that he put on uh, decades after he uh played from uh you know played in, in major league baseball uh as an older man uh in a baseball camp they put on uh does that affect you like think about that for a second does that really kind of affect uh what your thoughts are with a certain mickey mantle relic card that you may have um if i'm being completely honest it does for me uh but again i mean you know you look at the cards they're really beautiful um they're really cool too they're jumbo patches jumbo jerseys they're really neat so there absolutely is a market for it. it's not like there's no market whatsoever 
it's not like they're worthless or whatever, like whatever. But like, uh, for me personally, um, I think, I think they're really cool, but, uh, man, could you imagine having like a baseball card with a jumbo patch of his, uh, pants that he wore, uh, in the, you know, 1955 world series or something. I think, I think the Yankees played in the 55 world series against the Brooklyn Dodgers. I, I don't remember. I have to look it up, but anyways, imagine having something like that versus, you know, having Mickey Mantle, uh, out on a, you know, baseball field with a bunch of kids. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, in any event, you, you're still getting a, a piece that's worn by a legend, a, by a baseball legend. So, uh, and that's kind of what I did with my, uh, Canseco stuff. Also, of course it's, uh, yeah, the stuff I have isn't game used, but, uh, it is worn by the guy that was playing, you know, and, and did have such a huge impact into major league baseball. Uh, so anyways, like I said, I mean, we're going to, we're going to find out a lot more. I think if there is anything to find out, um, in the next couple weeks or months, because like I said, the, uh, the internet super sleuths out there, they're, they're in full effect. They're going to, they're going to get to the bottom of this stuff. So we'll, we'll see. And, you know, obviously, you know, because I'm actually talking about this, it's making me more interested in, in doing some research on this, uh, uh, Canseco gold, uh, Jersey. And maybe it's just because I'm, uh, uh, bummed out that I didn't buy the gold jersey myself <laughs> and Panini did. And it's kind of, kind of another thing that's kind of funny to think about uh, is, you know, Tops, for instance, they haven't had like any good patch material for Canseco for like years now. Like every now and then they'll put something out and, uh, you know, and, that, and that's fine. Uh, but the thing is, is they'll have like, uh, you know, like a one of one, like all kinds of one of ones of Canseco. And they're like just blank bat pieces or blank jersey pieces. And I think it's because they can't find a game used jersey uh, for Canseco, of Canseco. There's a, a collector up in Canada uh, that's got a bunch of them. Uh, and, you know, so maybe maybe he's kind of sucked the market dry, uh, you know, as far as Canseco jerseys go. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure. So... Uh, I am curious as to why Panini has that was able to get a hold of a jersey that was that's a gold jersey by the way, um, so that has to be like in in older like we're talking probably mid '80s or something uh, jersey. So I, I would like to like to do do a little bit of research on that. Actually, probably will after I get off the podcast here. So um, anyway, so yeah, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. I mean, I know that. Uh, that it's really easy to to try to demonize the card companies, and it's actually cool. Uh, I think a lot of people think it's cool, anyways, to to bash and trash the card companies and oh, their products suck, they're thieves, this, that, and the other. But you know, I don't know. I I, I don't really roll that way. I I kind of tend to uh, stay off the side uh, sidelines when it comes to that sort of thing, and I'll comment if I think something's positive. But if something's negative. And it's uh, and it's not completely out of the uh, uh, it's it's not like uh, criminal or something like that. I won't say anything. Uh, Donner's uh, they just had a, a Donner's parallel <laughs> that they dropped as a preview of a 2020 Donner's uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was, and and the, the border has like cartoon googly eyes, <laughs> and that's the parallel that they're coming out with. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's like wildly ugly. I don't think it's really good looking, but um, uh, I'm not the person that's going to be uh, standing out there that says, 
this is trash. Donruss, you suck. You got to do something else. Get different designers, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that person. Uh, generally speaking, if somebody comes out with a card, and believe me, y'all, I've seen for all the card companies, I've seen some terrible stuff come out over the last few years. I haven't said anything. I don't say anything. I realize that the actual designers are real people and they're getting this feedback and it doesn't help anybody if they're just saying, man, this sucks. This is terrible. You're awful. Uh, you know, forget you tops or Panini or Leaf or whatever, you know, y'all are awful. doesn't help anything. Now, with that said, uh, all three companies have also made some pretty fantastic design cards. I'll comment on those. I will, I'll give them kudos. I will give them thumbs up and everything when it comes to those types of cards. Um, I don't mind constructive criticism, by the way, as far as uh, giving it goes. Um, I probably would say that that probably be best served in a private setting if I'm giving it to somebody, uh, not necessarily online saying, oh, this, that, and the other. And yeah, I, I get it. I've, I've, you know, made my, my own designs off of, uh, uh, you know, based off of some of these guys like that googly eye one. I did a meme version with the, with the angry woman pointing her finger and yelling at the cat or whatever. I thought that was kind of funny to do a version of that, but that's not to, that's not a knock on, you know, Panini for what they're trying to do. I do remember a few years ago, there was a, uh, I'm not even going to say what it is, but, um, it was an ultra, ultra, ultra high end product with a, with a crazy cut auto. And, uh, you know, so they posted a picture of it and everybody goes, what? That's awful looking. That's ridiculous. And so I said, huh, I wonder what I could do. So I, I whip up, uh, I open up Photoshop. I make a few changes. And in about 15 minutes, I had that thing look amazing. I posted it online and everybody just went insane. Like they're like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. Why couldn't they have done that? Uh, and it basically piled up so high on everybody saying, wow, this card company really is terrible. And what Tanner did really was amazing. Uh, he exposed them, yada, yada, yada. I ended up taking the post down because I don't want to be uh, somebody that uh, that is just adding fuel to the fire of the mob, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in, in doing that sort of thing. So, uh, I don't, gosh, I don't even know how I got into this tangent as far as, uh, as, far as the design work goes and everything. But um, anyway, so like I said, though, I, I am very curious to hear what your thoughts are on Panini. Oh, now I remember why I brought this up. Uh, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on Panini and, and tops and leaf. And, uh, you know, if they are being on the up and up with, uh, with their, uh, relics and, uh, you know, are you okay with the player worn stuff? Uh, especially if they say it, um, do you think the shoeless Joe Jackson bat barrel is legitimate? Um, again, my answer is I think it is, but I don't think it's a legitimate game used bat. But then again, Panini, if I remember correctly, on the back of the card, doesn't say it's a legitimate game used bat. I think it says it's from a barnstorming tour, whatever that means. So, uh, anyways, I will go ahead and wrap this up. And I uh, guess I got to get going to uh, um, order the pizza online here so we can get it ready while we're uh, watching The Mandalorian after Atticus is done here. So, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And uh, uh, like, share, and subscribe this, please. Thank you. Take care.